Although in general one is allowed to separate challah from one dough on behalf of another dough, if one of the doughs is only obligated in challah mejabonon, whereas the other one is obligated mid oraisa, then you can't separate from one on behalf of the other because they are on different levels of obligation. If you think about it mid oraisa, only one of them is obligated. So in that situation, you'll have to separate one challah from the mid oraisa dough and a separate one from the one which is only obligated mid rabbanon. This Mishnah will bring an application of this rule. One who takes sourdough from dough from which the chala has not yet been taken. Sourdough is dough which has been aged for a while, and if you add it to bread then it causes it to rise, similar to what yeast does. So the case is where you've got dough which is still obligated in chala, you take part of that dough, use it as sourdough, and you put it into other dough from which the chala has already been separated. So now you've got this dough which is chulin, it's unsanctified, the challah's already been separated, but now mixed in together with that is sourdough which requires challah to be separated. But it's all mixed together with the new dough. You've got a mixture of chulin and tevel. Tevel being produce from which the challah has not been separated. So how should you separate the challah from the tevel portion of this dough? Now with since there was only a little bit of the sourdough which was mixed with the chulin dough, it is nullified and chal does not need to be separated from it. So with this is a dough which is totally exempt from chala. However, midrabanon, when something from which chala has not been separated is mixed with chulin because the punishment in general for eating tevel is so severe, so midrabanon tevel cannot be nullified even if it's mixed with lots of chulin which means that Midrabonon, this Tevel, is obligated in Chalah. Now, since it's totally mixed in, there's no way for you just to separate out the Tevel part, because you can't recognize which part of the dough is Tevel. And so Midrabonon, you should have to separate Chalah from the entire Chulin mixture, the mixture of Chulin and Tevel, as if it was all Tevel, because the Tevel is totally mixed into the entire thing, and you can't pick out the Tevel. However, the Mishnah is going to offer a solution, and that is, This literally means if he has sustenance from another place, and that means that if he has other flour available, which he can make into dough, then he should separate challah from there, according to the calculations and the proportions. Now, what exactly does that mean? So let's explain. If you were to bring other dough, which itself was the minimum amount which is obligated in challah, so that would be obligated mid oraisa in challah. That being the case, you wouldn't be able to separate challah from there on behalf of the mixture. Why? Because as we explained before, the mixture is only obligated midrabanon. Midrabanon, so the tevel, is nullified in the mixture of dough. So it's only obligated midrabanon, and one cannot separate um, challah from dough which is obligated midrabanon on behalf of dough which is only obligated midrabanon. Rather, you should bring dough which is smaller than a cover and a quarter, so it in itself, by itself, is exempt from challah. However, it should be large enough that if you combine it with the amount of tevel in the mixture, then it makes up a kav and a quarter. And then you should allow this new dough of tevel to touch the mixture dough, which contains chulin and tevel, and then separate challah from this new tevel dough on behalf of itself, plus the tevel within the mixture. And this does work. Why? Because now it's considered to be separating challah from that which is obligated midrabanon on behalf of midrabanon. Because the dough is too small to be obligated by itself, so it's only obligated if you combine it with the tevel in the mixture. And the tevel in the mixture is only midrabanon, which means that only midrabanon you can combine it with the tevel to be obligated in challah.
So this is the solution which the Mishnah offers, and this way you won't need to separate challah by taking a portion of the entire mixture. Rather, you'll only end up taking challah for the tevil part of the mixture, so you won't lose out that way. However, says the Mishnah Vim Lav, if you don't have any other flour, so you're forced to take challah from the mixture itself, so in that case, I'm afraid, you're going to have to separate one challah on behalf of the entire mixture, as if it was all tevel, since, as we explained, it is all totally mixed in, and can't be picked out and recognized from among the chulun part of the mixture. Mishnah test, Kayotzevoy is a similar case. They say Mosik, olives which are harvested by the owner to keep for himself, so they're certainly obligated in the various tithes. Shinus Orvrum, they say Nikuf, but these olives get mixed together with they say Nikuf, which refers to olives which are left on the tree for the poor to take. And the same would apply to Inve Botzer, grapes which are harvested for the owner to keep himself, so those are obligated in tithes, but they get mixed together in Inve Oilalois, with Oilalois grapes, which are the grapes which aren't developed properly, and they don't ripen fully, and they need to be left for the poor, and as such they are exempt from tithes. So again you've got a case of Tevel, which is mixed with Chulin. The Tevel is the harvested grapes or olives which are obligated in Miserus, and we're referring to the ones which go to the poor people as Chulin since they are exempt from tithes. Now as mentioned in the previous Mishnah, when you've got a mixture of Tevel and Chulin, and the Tevel and Chulin are the same type, so they're both olives or they're both grapes, so Midoraisa, as long as the majority is Chulin, it's not, the Tevel is nullified and will be exempt from separating tithes from the entire mixture. However, Midrabonon, the Tevel is not nullified, so Midrabonon one is obligated to separate tithes from the Tevel part of the mixture. Now, you don't know which part of the mixture is Tevel. So you can't just take a few out of the mixture and say that that is the tithes for the Tevel, because you may have picked out some Chulin olives or some Chulin grapes, and one cannot separate tithes from Chulin on behalf of Tevel. So Midrabonon, you will need to separate um, the tithes on behalf of the entire mixture, However, just like in the previous Mishnah, there's a solution, if he has sustenance from another place, meaning if he has other harvested olives or other harvested grapes, which also require tithing, so then he can separate tithes from those olives or grapes according to the calculation of what proportion of the mixture is made up of the harvested olives or grapes. So that's a simple solution where he would separate tithes from olives or grapes which are not in a mixture, so they're certainly obligated in tithes, and he separates extra tithes so that it will cover the tevel part of the mixture as well. Now also, as we mentioned in the previous Mishnah, it's important that the olives or grapes which he's using to tithe are only obligated midrabonon, if the majority of the mixture is chulin, since that means that the tevel in the mixture is only obligated midrabonon, so you have to separate from midrabonon on behalf of midrabonon. Vim Lav says the Mishnah, if you haven't got other olives or grapes which need tithing, so you're going to have to separate the tithes from the entire mixture, Mijabonon, we're going to consider the entire mixture as Tevel, and so Meitzi Trumas from Maisa You'll have to separate Truma and Trumas Maisa, which are two gifts which go to Kohanim. You'll have to separate that for the entire mixture. Vashar and the rest of the tithes, i.e. Maisa or Maisa Sheini, Maisa Rishim, which goes to Alevi, and Maisa Sheini, which can be kept for oneself and eaten in Yerushalayim, those tithes are slightly less severe. And listen carefully to how we learn this. You do need to separate these tithes from the entire mixture. So we still view the entire mixture as Tevel. However, when it comes to giving the Maisa to the Levi, or to bring up the Maisa Sheni to Yerushalayim for yourself, that is Lefi Cheshbon. That is only according to the calculation of how much Tevel is in the mixture. So if, for example, only a tenth of the mixture was Tevel, although you separate Maisa Rishon and Maisa Sheni from the entire mixture, you'll only have to really treat one tenth of them as Maisa Rishon or Sheni. 
but the rest of it you'll be able to keep yourself. And the reason why Maisa Rishon and Maisa Shani are different to Truma and Trumas Maisa is because Truma and Trumas Maisa can never be eaten by a non-Kohen. So as soon as you've declared something Truma or Trumas Maisa, you have to give it to a Kohen. But when it comes to Maisa Rishon and Maisa Shani, that can be eaten by anybody. So although you need to declare more of it as Maisa Rishon and Maisa Shani, that's only in order to permit the mixture. But once you have done that, the Levi only has rights to a tenth of that. And you'll only be obligated to take up a tenth of that to Yerushalayim as Maisa Shani. Mishnah Yud, a few Mishnahs ago we learnt about a case where dough contains both wheat flour and rice flour. And we learnt in what situations would it be obligated in challah. We're now going to see a very similar case. Hanaitel Sa'om Esas Chitim, one who takes sourdough from wheat bread, from wheat dough. And this wheat dough has not yet, the challah has not yet been taken from it. So it's Tevel, the Nisil Nisachis and he puts it into dough made out of rice flour. So just like we learned a few Mishnahs ago, Mieshbotam Dogon. If the dough has the taste of the primary grain, it has the taste of the wheat, then Chayos Bachalah, the entire dough is considered obligated in challah, even though rice is not obligated in challah. Since the entire dough has the taste of the obligated part of the mixture, the law is that we view the entire mixture as if it was the wheat. But if not, if it does not give the taste, then Petura, the entire mixture, is exempt from challah. The reason being that the wheat will be nullified in the rice, and so we would consider the entire dough to be made out of rice flour. Now the Mishnah asks, we saw in the last couple of Mishnayis, that although Mid'oraisa, if tevel is mixed with chulin, and the majority is chulin, then the tevel is nullified, and the entire mixture is permitted, we learned that Mid'rabonon, if the tevel and chulin are the same type of produce, for example in the previous Mishnah, where they are both olives or they're both grapes, so Mid'rabonon, because of the severity of t- eating tevel, tevel cannot be nullified in chulin. So the Mishnah asks, hang on, we just saw in this Mishnah, that the tevel wheat flour is nullified in the majority of rice flour, which is chulin. We just learned that if the wheat does not give off its taste, then even though it's tevel, it is nullified in the rice. So surely that contradicts the previous couple of Mishnayis. Asked the Mishnah in Cain, if so, long omrah tevel oser kol shahu. Why did they say that tevel forbids the entire mixture, even if there's only a tiny amount of tevel? Answers the Mishnah, very important distinction, min baminai. That is only when they are the same type of produce. Meaning, in the previous couple of Mishnayis ago, for example, the olives case, the reason why over there, the tevel olives make the entire mixture of olives forbidden, even if there's only a tiny amount of the Tevel olives, is because they are both the same type of produce. They're both olives. Whereas in our case, in our mission, it's for Shalobaminai. It's when Tevel is mixed with a different type of species. Wheat was mixed with rice. So in that scenario, the Tevel will only forbid the Chulin, but it's in time if the Tevel gives off its taste to the rest of the mixture. So again, if a forbidden Tevel item is mixed with a permitted Chulin item, if they're both the same type of produce, then the mixture is definitely forbidden with Jabonon. But if it's different types of produce, then the mixture will only be forbidden if the taste of the tevel can be felt in the entire mixture. But otherwise, the tevel will actually be nullified in the chulin, and the entire mixture will be permitted. Now, the Mephoshim do explain the reason for this distinction, but that is beyond the scope of this year. We move on to Peridalad Mishnah Aleph. We learnt early on in the Masechta that if somebody has two small pieces of dough which individually are too small to be obligated in challah, but then he sticks them together. So if he sticks them together enough such that if he would remove one of the dough from the other, it would take with it part of the other dough. So that means they're stuck together properly and they do combine and they would be obligated in challah. The focus of our Mishnah is what happens if either the two doughs belong to two different people, 
Or if the two doughs are made of two different things, then can they combine? Says the Mishnah. If two different women make two small doughs, and they are each the volume of a kav, and of course the minimum volume which a dough needs to be to be chayv and chala is a kav and a quarter, and then the nogozebazeh, both pieces of dough touched each other, and they were actually stuck together properly such that if you would move one of them, it would take with it part of the other dough when you separate the two. Says the Mishnah, even if both of the pieces of dough are made of the same flour, nevertheless, they are exempt from challah, the reason being that since they belong to two different people, they don't want their doughs to be connected. They don't want their own dough to be connected and mixed with the other person's dough, and therefore their doughs cannot combine. Now what happens if it's in a situation in which they both belong to the same woman, and then they get stuck together, so if both pieces of dough are made of the same flour, they come from the same species, then it is obligated in chalo because now it's considered like one larger piece of dough, which is at least the minimum size of chala, of dough which is obligated in chala. However, the shaloba minai, if either piece of dough is a different species, then potter it remains exempt from chala, and so we see from this Mishnah that there's only one case where two small pieces of dough can combine and become obligated, and that is if they belong to the same person, and they are made of the same flour. But if either of those two conditions are not met, then the dough will remain exempt from chala.